0: Hello and welcome to the Totally Scottish Football Show I'm Andrew Slavin, the Scott Brown of podcasting But the smiling and laughing part, not getting hit in the face and antagonising people (laughs) Yes, Celtic have an 8th title in the row, virtually in the bag as we all ask, how do you solve a problem like Morelos? But don't worry, the Premiership has plenty to pique your interest, unless you're a St Johnstone fan, sorry. Who's going on a European tour? The Dons thought they'd got it done and dusted, but Hearts and Heves have hauled themselves back into the mix. Plus, Kelly gets silly as they hump Hamilton. Music to the ears of St Mirren and Dundee, who had their own slobber knocker on Saturday. I love slobber knocker. Great word. And in the relegation race, it's going down to the wire. And Buddy's match winner Brad Lyons joins us on the podcast. In the championship, bottom beat top. That's right, Alloa beat Ross County. We'll be hearing about life in Scotland's number one semi-pro club. Alongside me in the studio, two people maintaining their very amateur status, only so they can be podcast people at the Olympics. That's right, it's Laura Brannan, and from the Telegraph, it's JJ Boo.
1: Hello.
2: Hello. There's not a podcast Olympic sport, yeah? Maybe there will be. Uh, would I like that more than darts? I don't know. be great, because you could just get hammered at the darts. Just I mean technically you could get hammered all the sports <laughs> but I don't think it's gonna help you true at an elite level.
0: Listen, I want to pick up on Laura's travels last weekend. You were in Luxembourg, you watched the Celtic Rangers game in Luxembourg.
1: Yeah, I was there for a day. Um went straight to the pub to watch the own firm game, as you do.
0: Nice. What what and, kind um, of pub did you go to?
1: Oh an Irish pub obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and then after you go abroad,
0: <laughs> Abroad to Luxembourg to an Irish bar. Everything
1: shuts down on a Sunday in Luxembourg, okay? It was oh, the only yeah. guaranteed place to see the game. But <laughs> afterwards I then went to a league game to watch the bottom of the table clash between Ham Benfica and Rumelange.
0: Wow. And how so, was it?
1: Yeah, I mean it was maybe like watching our kind of youth teams play, but there's three points in it at the bottom of the table and Rumelange who were bottom. They're still bottom on goal difference, but they won one nil. And they won with a goal that was scored by a, a fat Chris Boyd. His first name is Fatih, spelled F A T I H, and he scored from the halfway line.
2: So Could either of those teams have beaten Kazakhstan? Probably.
0: But that's a loose run from Tavernier. Oddson Edouard gets it from McGregor. It's Forrest! Celtic took a giant step towards their eighth league title in a row with a 2 1 victory over Rangers at Celtic Park. Three goals, two red cards. Pretty standard stuff in a Glasgow derby. Various Rangers players took it in turns to smack Scott Brown in the face. First, it was Alfredo Morelos sent off for an elbow on Scott Brown four minutes after the opening goal. Rangers a man down for an hour. I've got a good stat here, folks. Richard Jolly says, Alfredo Morelos has had five red cards this season. That's more than were shown at the entire World Cup last summer. Which means 736 players featured in Russia. And between them, they managed to get fewer red cards than Morelos. I get that it's like, you know, a longer period of time, a league season, but still. It's quite incredible.
2: I think double check this, but I've also read he's been given 17 yellow cards. Listen, with Morelos, anything's possible.
0: Where do we start with this
1: Listen, I think this was a great game and a great advert for football.
0: It was a great second half.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. In
0: terms of football and moments, the second half was a really good watch. But the first half,
1: it was exciting. There was goals. There was mistakes. There was handbags, and it was everything that we want to shout about and promote in our game. I I
2: agree, but also I do honestly think in these um, Glasgow derby games that when it spills into all this like mutant noise when they start trying to get each other at the end. Yeah, it always happens, and I don't think it's a great advert for Scottish football because that's oh, exactly what I want to. Go
0: so, so this is exactly. this is exactly this is exactly why I'm just going to go straight in to talk about the good moments of the game, or the, the the goals, the stuff that neutrals really want to just focus on. So, Celtic took the lead after 27 minutes with French Eddie, as Celtic fans like to call him, totally took advantage of Joe Warrell's lack of you know, just being able to run.
1: So so much time So much space But it was actually
0: It came from It came from a poor pass From Daniel Candias And what a pass From James Forrest To to pick out Edward And Edward What just
1: Left foot Right foot Left foot Just toying with the Rangers defence And just made it look easy
0: It was like some French Like suave Moves yeah. he was doing, he was he was trying to woo him,
2: um, and it was so good. He <laughs> fell in that? his ass. I like that. Yeah, it's really also it's really hard to take the goal the way he's done. Like that's a very good player I can only score that. Very that goal. Nine point
0: five million pounds. Celtic are, reportedly, have reportedly have spent on him, and when it comes to big games like Sunday, he's proved he's worth. Especially when he got the assist uh, to make it two one in the second half. But after they went one 0 up. Morelos does what Morelos always does when he's provoked and listen this was cute from Scott Brown he definitely has a little niggle on him this is an off the ball incident and Morelos just checks his run and flares his arm out very similar to Graham Shinney JJ remember when he flared his arm out at Graham Shinney yeah, else remember
2: I, when uh, he got a a barge from McKenna and then volleyed him, and that was rescinded. <laughs> that was the first day of the season. It was, yeah. yeah. So he has he set his standards pretty high. I mean, if anything, he's consistent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Actually, I was surprised when I saw it was only five red cards even given a season. I actually would have guessed it was a lot more than that. Bit of madness there, but Rangers actually played better
2: with ten men. Way better. They yeah. were like, way better structured. I think because they just knew they had to step it up.
1: And how nice was it in the second half? The first half of the way it was going, Celtic were all over them. We were thinking, here we go again. Who's Although they going weren't to stop Celtic, early second but... half. They weren't
2: penetrating much, were they? No,
1: but it was almost like they hadn't really got out of first gear yet, but they knew they were in control and it was quite comfortable. But then second half, it was suddenly like, yes, we have a derby again. We have a team that are back and challenging, and this is unpredictable and this is exciting. And it was exactly the second half that we all wanted.
0: We should talk about the Rangers' goal. So McGregor punts it out to Candea, who heads it back to um, James Tavernier. Then Tavernier like plays it forward, and Candace plays a lovely back pass to Tavernier. Tavernier finds Ryan Kent, and Kent does. It's poor from Boyata because he should he should just stand him up.
2: I th- No, he's beaten by pace. I but, think he, yeah, he, he bursts to life. Yeah, like I I think I think what you mean. But I, like it's I and mean, it's always very easy to say like this guy should do this and this thing. But I mean he, he dives in, but he's caught. Just slightly short because Kent bursts away, and that's one of the things that he's so good at. Kent is acceleration over five yards.
1: I so, saw um, some Rangers fans starting a GoFundMe page to pay for Ryan Kent for the club to buy him permanently. So good luck with that. There was a few Liverpool fans in my office. actually talking about Ryan Kent, just saying like, "Oh, he's done quite well. He's he's back on the radar now. This this game's put him back there, and they want him back now."
0: I I said I said at time, I should put it on Twitter that. Ryan Kent will be the most important player for Rangers in the second half and I was proved right and I like being <laughs> proved right but when Kent scored it got worse for Celtic because Boyata went off injured, they already had Kieran Tierney off injured and they'd already substituted Johnny Hayes at half time for Clair, so parity was restored yeah. almost and it, it just made for another great end to, to a really good game. And
1: this is it it's, it's, we've seemed to see recently when Celtic do concede and they are a bit up against it towards the end they're rattled They were passes everywhere they didn't know what they were doing Rangers were completely dominant over them in the end
0: so Celtic got the winner uh, James Forrest scored Eduard with the assist Tavernier with the big mistake we should mention the fact that Celtic won this game from two mistakes
2: but often games are decided by those little mistakes aren't they it's a really weird one from Tavernier he's clearly just trying to pass it back to someone who's not reading it it's a really dreadful horrible error but Edward has a lot to do and it's really good play the way he turns back on to play it back into the box for the finish. I think Celtic are probably good for the win.
0: But how many times does Celtic do it at the death? Listen, this is kind of becoming a thing for Celtic under Neil Lennon. You know, I think they've had uh three winners in the last 5 minutes of games and Lennon's had and five league th- games or something and like seventh that the 7th minute as well. Yeah, like and it's and Celtic like Celtic aren't in. Celtic are winning games but they're leaving it damn late like They're not killing teams off that easily.
2: They look vulnerable just now to me. Yeah, absolutely. They're still the best team by a mile and they've got the best players by a mile.
0: I think Steven Gerrard's done enough to prove that, you know, he's got it in him to to get Rangers competing.
2: I think he's shown he's got it in him to get Rangers to compete exactly where they should be in second. But I don't, I mean, they're out of both the cups as well. I I think he's done absolutely fine this whole season. I had to evaluate this earlier on today and I, I just don't, I don't think he's done an amazing job at all, but he's done exactly what could be expected of him. The, the most amazing thing he'd do would be to win something, but he's
0: but is it not, not, close is it it. not maybe
2: but he's done better than
0: his predecessors? But uh, so yeah, he's when you well judge the success he's got a from the past,
1: though, as well yeah. going into the second season, he's got them now in a healthy place. He's he is challenging. It's not as consistent as we'd all like to I see. I don't think they're challenging. They're well off. No, but I, I don't mean a consistent basis. I mean in you know, mm. a one-off basis, like yesterday. That was a suddenly a return of the derby because in the second half, they challenged. OK, it's not overall. True, That's for but, next yeah, season. Yeah, but a lots of teams though.
2: have challenged to like that close and then still ended up when the losing side. And their best performances of the season, I think, have been in Europe. At home they've been decent, away they have dropped points when they shouldn't, But the, the players they have. He's made a couple of good signings. like Ryan Kent's been quite good, but he knew him from Liverpool. And he's so, on loan. And he's on loan. Uh, if they don't have Morelos, that's their main
0: source of goals. Well, if, let's let's just talk about the, the run into the end of the season. And I do want to briefly touch on what happened at full time. But, you know, we've said earlier on this podcast, Rangers are only six points ahead of Kilmarnock. Going into the split, Rangers are now without Morelos for four games. Mm. They're now without Andy Halliday for one one game. And Kent, he's getting um, his... You'd think he'd get charged. Yeah, his, yeah, there there may be retrospective action on Tuesday. They're losing players because of their discipline. You know, it's not a foregone conclusion that Rangers will finish second.
1: After the split, you're... So, okay, seven games between now and the end of the season. That's... For them to lose that, for maybe for like a a nine-point swing around, that's quite a a collapse yeah.
2: that's a lot in that short space of time yeah. Yeah. Aberdeen aren't picking up points where they should be Kelly looked look like maybe they're on form having scored five goals but before that we weren't convinced Rangers should finish second what happened at full time do
0: we throw the blame at Scott Brown um, for antagonising Rangers players Scott Brown is the biggest troll of all time oh
1: completely Like he-, he is the man that unless he's on your team you can't help but hate him but if he's on your team he is the greatest of all time
0: So Scott Brown celebrated in front of the Rangers fans and Andy Halliday took exception to this. The only Rangers player to take exception to this, by the way, uh, and goes and and confronts some really ugly scenes, to be honest.
1: I think when you, you compile everything Scott Brown did in this game, this is an argument, how did he get away without a single booking? but at the same time I mean Scott Brown went into this game to play two different games one was to play football for Celtic and one was to rile up the opposition and he riled them up to a tee mm-hmm. and full credit to him for going in with that game plan yes it is trolling it's so sly and snide but at the same time
2: they fell for it he also takes some about 8 fouls before he gets to booking in most games but that's because he has carries an aura that I think even referees are a bit frightened of him and his psychopathic post-match interview it was a uh, great TV. It was a bit with Ryan Kent as well after the, the goal. What happened there? Can't even remember that. Are you sure? Yeah. What about uh, Andy Halliday at
0: the end? Oh, he came up to congratulate me. Really?
2: Back he makes it here. like WWE watching this this game. That
1: was like back in his hips days when he had, he gave those classic. Um, I, don't, I don't know. His eyes are raptor.
0: From oh, Jurassic yeah. Park well, He looks yeah. at you
2: as if he's giving you the,
0: the, suspect, the real answer with his eyes <laughs> oh, yeah. I suspect Wait, he he's like
2: else. a raptor who's equally as uh, clumsy in a kitchen situation so Like he's he <laughs> his head through it You know, and the kids are hiding
0: Right, enough of the old fun Perhaps the biggest game of the weekend in the Premiership was in Paisley Dundee made the perfect start scoring within the opening minute but the Buddies battled back to win 2-1 and trade places with Dundee, who now occupy the automatic relegation place. We're joined now by the man who scored that winning goal on Saturday, Brad Lyons. Brad, your first goal for St Mirren and it could be so valuable at the end of the season.
3: Yeah, um, it was a great feeling. It's a, it's a long time coming, the goal. Thankfully I was in the right place at the right time and uh, thankfully I got the three points for the team.
2: Have you enjoyed playing? This is a weird question, but have you enjoyed playing in a team that is struggling to escape relegation at the moment? Is it something you've been actually enjoying?
3: <laughs> um, yeah, in a weird way, as you say, um, because every game there's a lot, a lot of pressure on the games because we're we're fighting for our lives. Um, every match is or the next match is the most important match because we need the points. Um, so yeah, and it's a great experience for me as well because there's so much pressure involved, but. As any footballer or any sports person would say, um, you want to play in them games because they're massive and it's just it's a great experience and great feeling when you do get the three points at Saturday.
1: The manager made a few bold selections as well at the weekend. What was the kind of attitude leading up to this one? Is it just a case of win at all costs or was it a few eyebrows raised for you guys seeing some of those boys come back in?
3: Um, No, Um, we just know our capabilities and uh, we, we knew um, with the attacking strengths we had, that way we, we could go for it a bit. Um, and I thought the team selection was was brilliant because we didn't hold back and uh, we took the game to Dundee and thankfully it worked.
0: There's a big psychological boost that you can take out of this win, you know, you know leaping above Dundee, out of that automatic relegation spot and then going into Celtic on Wednesday. How do you fancy your chances?
3: Yeah, yeah we know what Celtic bring. It's going to be a a very very tough game but um we've been in training today and uh we'll be preparing tomorrow as well just like any other game and uh off the back of Saturday we're confident and we'll be going in with a game plan and hopefully we can execute it and uh, hopefully it works
0: what's what's Warren message like going up against the likes of Celtic you know what what was he saying today in training
3: yeah it's a bit of everything um there's a lot of positive messages they been quite a positive manager and always taking the positives out of games um, but we do have a game plan we'll try and stick to the game plan um, we, know, we know the strengths of Celtic so we know it's not going to be easy um, but uh, we're just going to go out and try and get the free points like we do every game and see where it takes us
0: Need to try and wind up Scott Brown <laughs> <laughs> I
3: think that'll be a tough task <laughs> As the
0: chant goes, at St Mirren, girls don't like boys. Girls like Danny Mullen.
2: That's really odd. It's a good Charlotte, right?
1: Yeah, I remember the, the uh, Dundee United fans, or was it no? Was it Dundee fans who sang it about Simon Murray? Or was yeah, it, it works. I
2: mean, lots of
0: songs work with lots I mean, of names.
1: Simon Murray's played for half a team in the Premiership because so it could have been any of those. Fans. Simon Murray yeah.
0: now plays in South Africa
2: or something. Yeah, crazy. anyway, I like by how, the way, how football songs have, are normally from old um, orchestral pieces <laughs> and old thirties and forties songwriting. Malin scored his first goal since the opening game of the season. Do you remember that? Remember that
0: that it was podcast? So long ago. No, we were just talking about. I'm pretty certain this will be the relegation battle near the end of the season. <laughs> and here we are now. What a great turnaround for St Mirren in this game. When I asked Brad about the psychological aspect of it, it's got to be huge. I know you have it's a bit of a kick in the balls to be facing Celtic at Wednesday, but you know, Oren Kearney's first game in charge was a 0-0 draw. That's
1: what I was going to say. Celtic I have Celtic. struggled there before. It's a ground that Celtic go to, and it's not a, a walkover for them. Exactly. Unlike if it was a game at Celtic Park, I think it would be a complete write-off before even kick-off. But I think this game... Particularly because it comes after midweek, St Mirren showed great character after what happened. So the game last week, they had the chance against St Johnson to take some points off them, and it was Simeon Jackson missed the Penenka penalty, yeah, was which terrific. was just so embarrassing. Um, so I think for them if it be to, gone in, it'd be cool, <laughs> but. He has got to hang his head in shame for that because when you're in a relegation battle, you do not go trying to dink a penalty over a goalkeeper.
2: And when you think St Johnson scored five minutes after oh, that penalty see, as well. See, I don't, I'm don't. i not buying this, this argument. I've heard this a lot, that you can't do the penenka if you're in a relegation battle, but you absolutely can if you hit it right. It's no different to hitting it low left and it's saved anyway. Because you think like, I remember Andrea Pirlo did it in the World Cup against, I think it was England, was it? Or the European Championship, something like that. And that's the World Cup. You're going you can't do that well, Yeah you
0: can You've I got the think skill think for it's it more, I think it's more If you're going to do it You have to don't score Don't mess it up yeah. <laughs> You just
2: have but to But you always you have, have to score to take a penalty yeah, It's course. such a yeah, weird cliche It doesn't make any sense Of course you have to if score you're it you're at
1: the World Cup You're there for fun You're there just for the joy And seeing how far you can go When well, you're in a guess. relegation you But you're in a relegation battle There's livelihoods at stake Oh right So you've got to be A bit more serious about it It's equally
2: serious things. There's a World Cup And it's a St. Mary Versus Dundee If he scores it No one and has been one of the bright
0: sparks, you know, for the past yeah. couple of months. In terms of his hold-up play and his leg up play, he's actually been quite good. So he tried something, it didn't work. But I don't think you should
2: blast him too hard for you know. There's something I've, the I've been thinking. I bet if goalkeepers sustained stay in the middle of their goal, they'd save a lot more penalties. Because often they're just sort of hit slightly left or right of centre, you know? So if you go, if you dived one way, it must be a percentage increase that you would uh, I don't know. I think.
0: It. I think. You, I think. Any goalkeeper, you've got to be a bit mental. So you just go for it. You just. Well,
2: they've got reads and tells. And yeah, exactly. That but
0: everyone. Everyone has. The, every goalkeeper has their notes for penalties. And still,
2: I and reckon stuff. they stay in the middle just a little bit. Um, they say that. Listen, anyway.
0: Dundee had a. You know, they had a good start, but it's been a terrible run for them. Six defeats in a row, uh, and now they're bottom of the league. The last three defeats, they've all been by a single goal. It's looking pretty dire at the moment, especially at this critical point in the, in the relegation battle.
2: As you know, I like my uh, annual average salary to determine where a team should finish mm. by economics. Dundee should be sixth. Wow. So they are really underperforming, but I think it also says far more that they've just signed bad players so like we said a few times before Neil McKenna had them play nice football between the boxes but they couldn't do anything in either end Uh, there were fans saying that it seems to have been whoever did the best business in January is going to survive automatic relegation but St Mirren signed loads of players they signed 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 9, 10 as well
4: you
0: know advantage St
4: Mirren and Shaughnessy quickly sends it downfield it's missed by Considine It piezo gets past McKenna and he scores brilliantly.
0: Hearts came from behind to beat Aberdeen 2-1 at Tynecastle on Saturday. Craig Levine's side confirming a top six finish and blowing the European race wide open. Uchi Ekpiazu with the winner. What could Hearts have achieved if he hadn't missed
2: five months through injury? He is a unit. Yeah, he's a good player and they were pinting the ball to him a lot and uh, Scott McKenna and Andrew Constantine did not like it. <laughs> yeah, he's, at
0: all. he's so strong it's ridiculous very tall very strong but he's a good player his finishing isn't great I know he scored in this game but he missed an absolute sitter in this game as well in the second half do you remember
2: the comedy defending yes from uh, Constantine the one of many comedy defending yeah Joe Lewis off his line I think it bounced off him and then he just missed an open goal he was trying
0: to stop the ball from being in his hands outside the box I think that's what caught him off
1: he just showed for a penalty as well yeah, oh, the it, was a,
2: penalty.
0: it
1: was a 100% yeah. penalty no, I was going
2: to say that as well um, Terrible. And again I think that was I think it might have been Ball he passed it back it was a really poor choice of a pass from the Aberdeen to player and Lewis came off his line and basically stands on his side of Iqpiazu's foot it's a clear penalty I can't believe the referee's missed it I know I can I absolutely can
0: Yes, well, Iqpiazu
1: was one of the players booed off at half tank Remember, so Hearts started this game so badly. Yeah, I, I mean, this yeah. really you could uh, the cliche game of two halves here. Aberdeen had the game by the scruff of the neck, it was all theirs for the taking. And Hearts booed off the pitch. And then what a turnaround! What did Levine say at half time? What an incredible turnaround! Well, I think well, the know that
2: was so oh, it, 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 well, because it, the way to stop Aberdeen is you, you let them have the ball. So Aberdeen are better away from home because they get the counter attack, so they're better in transition, they don't have control of the ball in midfield. Greg Stewart doesn't really seem to be able to do anything. And so if you let Aberdeen have all the ball, they have to play in a different way and it doesn't suit the way they want to play. So the first half, they were really deep, far too deep. 5-4-1 and they were knocking it long and it was pretty horrible to watch. But second half, Craig Levine tried this revolutionary new tactic of passing the ball, (laughs) uh, running with the ball into space, all with the ball and uh, by doing that they were able to take advantage of Aberdeen like Ferguson and Shinny just charge around the pitch they don't have control of the midfield when it's a 4 two 3 one it turns into a 4-2-4 four four because Stuart goes too far forward it doesn't work and so they re- they were able to keep running into space I think uh, it happened time and time again a player could run from wide into space because there's no one there mm-hmm. players could run straight through the middle they could pass through the middle
0: it looked to me that like Hearts were just trying to bypass the midfield really getting it to Ipiazza as much as they possibly
2: could they were better at winning second balls in the second half that's because they've got Peter Haring <laughs> he just loves a second ball well Ipiazza can win it because like, there's very few that can win a ball against well Scott McKenna especially because he's massive as well like yeah. a unit so they were lumping it along quite a lot second half they were far more they were playing a lot more football mm. and it's. I mean, it's so obvious. You play with the ball, and you're just a, You're doing a much better style it? of play. They highlighted it on
0: um, Sports Scene last night, actually, when um, Jake Mulroney just decides to run right through the midfield. Actually, But like, that you see, and are, yeah, uh, yeah, you see, you see Shinney um, and, Chenier- and Ferguson, and they're not they're miles out, like, away from each other. Is what i been saying all season on the far side of the pitch. So there is nobody in that centre of the park and he runs on
2: and forces a foul out of Considine and gets a penalty. I said there's no midfield. It's happened all season long. Uh, and it, what's been quite nice is when Dean Campbell has come into the team, Aberdeen's look much better and they are able to pass the ball around. Actually, I was looking earlier today. Um, do you know Aberdeen has the youngest average age in the entire Scottish Premiership? So That's, it's a young yeah. team, so there's going to be mistakes. But the ones making the mistakes are Shinny, oh, <laughs> who's wow. running around like a heedless chicken and then you've got... <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> Laura's face I wish you could see Laura's face right now I'm sure this isn't off the back of uh, Scotland's <laughs> performance in Kazakhstan but Laura's no. face is just going mm, well no no but right. you, need...
2: you sound surprised JJ <laughs> but that's what Shinny does is he brings that energy and drive to a team and that's how you, you can break down You can. he just charges the ball forward he's great at it when it works if you're working in transition it's great if you're playing with the ball it's not because technically he's not a fantastic footballer um, but he's great at having you win I want to talk
0: about Hart's injury problems this season. Ben Garuccio now for 10 months which is a shame for him man. Naismith's had his injury problems. Ek had his injury problems. Peter Haring had a hernia and had to play through it November or December when they had that difficult period. Oh man, like Hearts' season could have been so much better.
1: So unfortunate for him. I was looking to see what the, the um, if there was a pattern of consistency in the injuries to see if it was maybe something to do with um, training regime or fitness problems or anything like that but it's been such bad luck like these incidents have been happening in training or on the pitch and they've all been different areas of the body and it's just been this accumulation of all the key players picking up not even just wee niggly knocks it's been long term injuries yeah, as well it's been
0: important players yeah. there was Christoph Berra and John Suter it's just really really the, all the big game players that you need on the pitch so, and Levine's yeah, I mean, had to work that, around a in lot In that
1: case full credit to them because they're still up there okay they're fifth, but they're two points off Aberdeen just now, four off Kilwarnock and third. They're still very much in the mix, which is also interesting because at the weekend, we were talking about them slipping out of the top six altogether at the expense of Hibbs and Motherwell. So it just shows you how exciting it is at that area just now.
2: They also signed uh, Craig Hulkett today, so they've got Libby's captain coming in, in the summer. Uh, he's 23 20, I think he's, 23, 23 captain yeah. of Livingston it's and- a great sign in getting that kind of leader in and and if he can if he can keep hold of Souter, I mean that I maybe wonder whether that's because souter has got fanciers from up high who might try and steal him away but either way great sign in you're listening to the totally scottish football show with andrew slaven for just the second
0: time in 11 games, Kilmarnock were victorious, beating Hamilton 5-0 to move above Aberdeen into third. The European Tour is back on for Kelly. It was their biggest win under Steve Clark. Sandy Armour, author of the Kelly Hippo fanzine, is back on the podcast. 5-0, Sandy. Could it have been more?
5: Oh, it definitely could have been more. I've watched Kilmarnock for about 135 years now, and <laughs> we've never been a team that, that scored a lot of goals. we always sort Get results, grind out results, but we have never really been famous for scoring, you know, giving teams a doing for wanting a better three. But I mean, Saturday was probably the most one sided game you'll ever see. And 5 nothing. we're only one up at half time. It's one of those ones, I'm saying at half time, well, uh, we might regret a few of those, missing a few of those chances because it might point us the same half. But basically, for the full 90 minutes, we were absolutely destroyed, Hamon, to be honest with you. And the uh, yeah, 5 nothing was fair, and it should have been. It could have been far worse.
0: Yeah, I so, saw, um, I think, December 2017, I looked back, was the last time Comanek had scored four goals. So was there anyone in particular that was pivotal towards that at the weekend?
5: Yeah, so very difficult to say. If you looked at the team beforehand, we were missing Eamon Morofe, we were missing Alan Power, Kaz Burt was on the bench, Jones was up to the seen. So a lot of proof that maybe six months ago you would have said were, were key to the success of the team. I think a few Kelly fans were saying, well, maybe a, wee bit, a, a difficult day for us because it, it generally is we haven't beat Hamilton before this season but the bottom line is the manager has forgotten more than the rest he'll ever know uh, and I think generally speaking it was the best performance we've had under Steve Clark for a full 90 minutes Would you say and that the that performance.
2: performance is a because uh, I know that losing Greg Stewart in January was a big kind of creative loss
5: Yeah absolutely and immediately after the left it was, it was glaringly obvious that we were missing that creative sort of spark I think the manager just sort of re-evaluated the situation. He looks at every game, you know, one game at a time. Obviously, does a lot of scouting on the opposition prior to the game and sets up a team accordingly. Yeah, absolutely fantastic performance from the team, every single one of them. Rory McKenzie, I think, needs a special mention because yeah, he's, uh, he's in and out of the team a bit. Uh, maybe doesn't get a, a good run of games uh, a lot of the time, but he's been in since, since the turn of the year, basically. He's an absolutely fantastic and I think Malone wonder about the man of the match on Saturday and he, he was absolutely outstanding but I think McKenzie, if you ask Kelly fans, is generally the man of the match.
0: Ah, he was he was really influential for the second and third goals for Kamarick when I watched the game he was you're absolutely right. Do do you think it would be really harsh for Kamarnock to finish outside the top three? I, I see that it's six points that separate Yourselves in third place And Hibs are in sixth So you're also yeah. six points Behind Rangers in second So Yeah they've got, Kilmarnock have got a lot to fight for Till the end of the season
5: Oh nah, huge I mean The manager plays, plays everything down And rightly so And he doesn't want to talk about Europe But I'm afraid the fans are the, are the opposite You know <laughs> Everybody I know is, Nobody's booked a holiday Because they're all planning And trying to get a wee trip to I will likely end up Wales or Ireland, no our but I've just wanted a wee joint with the old passport for Kelly. Yeah, I, as I say, I think it's... We're bang in here. I think Wednesday night is an absolutely massive game for us because Hibs have been have picked up, you know, really well. I think, as you say, six points. Hibs win on uh, Wednesday. That's three points that compacts the whole, you know, that third, fourth, fifth, sixth place. If mm. Cormannot win, it probably rules out Hibs for a European spot, I would guess. So it's an absolutely huge game um, And we've enjoyed on Saturday So I think you know, If I've been honest Come on, I'll take a draw on Wednesday And a uh, win on Saturday And that would would have us in a, a very strong position to Get into the, you know, the post-flat
2: Brian Rice, what did he say about his players? He said it was very
0: worrying uh, That the team had no desire To keep the ball out of the net <laughs>
1: sort of the basic <laughs> principle of football. Then.
0: Yeah, don't let the opposition score. His face, he's actually, he, when you looked at his eyes, he looked like he had no answers.
2: He was kind of fraught. But Canning has known this all season long, and that's yeah. why they're not, they haven't been fun to watch. That's why you can't play nice attacking football with Hamilton's players. There's sometimes you just can't do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I, th- I think Comarnock just had a really, really big day. Steve Clark was unwell actually in the build up to this game. There was a bit of a talk that he might not actually um, take the team but outstanding performance and you heard Sandy say Rory McKenzie. He was excellent in this game. Since Rice's came in, they've had a few decent performances and then had a few good results result but is country, that yeah. is that just the case of just that that impact of a new manager?
1: It's, it's really inconsistent when you look at it. It's defeat, victory, defeat, victory, defeat. With no consistency there, they're dragging themselves into a delegation battle which they shouldn't be in at this stage of the season because, OK, they're not comfortable but they don't need to bring themselves down to St Mirren and Dundee's level. So this is their own doing.
0: Well, when you look at Hamilton's um, goal difference, it's absolutely shocking. It's minus 46, <laughs> which is un- unbelievable, really, when you think about it. When they're, what, 10th in the
2: table above St Mirren and Dundee. <laughs>
1: They've learned 66 goals. Aye. Celtic have scored 69.
2: But that's the thing, so if he's saying that they're not showing the desire to, to do it, which I don't believe they don't, not, not a desire to, the professional footballers, not going to just phone it in. Mm-hmm. And also, you've got McKinnon who looks like he would beat up a house if, <laughs> if he could. <laughs> and you've got... Players there, it's like a Gordon experience, you know, who have been in this situation before, but it's just difficult. How, it can't be that fun playing these games. And once you start getting done, the heads go, and uh, when your manager's then just slagging you off because you saying, oh, they, they gave up, when it might well have been the way that that Rice set them up against Killy, if they're yeah. too adventurous and they're just leaving holes everywhere for them to play. The times I've seen uh, Rice's Hamilton, they have not been very good. <laughs> it's crunch time
0: in the SPFL. Our Broth could have been crowned champions of League One in March. Did they
6: do it? let's find out from Neil White a weird weekend in the championship of the top four only Air United won while three of the bottom four added three valuable points to their survival funds let's start with the top versus bottom fixture Ross County's visit to Aloha went from banker to coupon buster after Jim Goodwin's part-timers hung on to Dario Zanatta's first half goal as if their lives depended on it and toughed out a 1-0 win. That's County's second defeat in a row in the league, but it proved relatively painless as Dundee United lost 2-1 at home to Queen of the South, who had been sliding down the table with seven successive defeats. United would have gone top with a win. Inverness, Cali Thistle were held 0-0 at home to Falkirk to slow their progress through the playoff places, which meant it was a very good weekend for Air United and it's a while since we could say that. Ayr have gone from unlikely league leaders to a team whose participation in the playoffs was in jeopardy, but they won on Friday night in Dunfermline. Declan McDade curled in the only goal of the game and it was a weighty strike. Not only did it stabilise Air's position, it kept Dunfermline's late season charge at bay with games running out. So, Ross County are two points clear of Dundee United with two games in hand. They play Inverness on Tuesday and then Dundee United on Friday and that doesn't seem altogether fair. Ayr and Inverness are level, nine points further back. then Firmland are now six points off the playoff zone. At the bottom, Alloa are now only two points behind Falkirk. Partick Thistle are one point clear of the relegation playoff after a big 3-0 win at Morton. Then it's Queen of the South. And then it's Morton, who are now just three points away from trouble. It's getting very tasty down at the bottom. League One, no title for broth. not this time, not in Forfa. The season long leaders needed to win their derby and hope Wraith Rovers drop points at East Fife, but Forfa came from behind to win with an 89th minute goal from on loan heartswinger Lewis Moore. And Wraith scored twice. In the last three minutes to win 2-1 at East Fife. East Fife have now lost three in a row and their playoff spot is now in real danger. Montrose and Airdrie are three and four points behind them after they both won. Both Montrose and Airdrie play their games in hand on Tuesday. Bottom club's Dennis Muir won 2-1 at Dumbarton and three points cover the bottom four. The relegation picture in League One has been bonkers all season long. And finally, nothing really changed in League Two, the top four all won, but let's give special mention to Clyde, who won 1-0 at Clifton Hill and stopped Albion Rovers in what has been the greatest back from the dead act since Jason Voorhees' last rose from Crystal Lake.
0: Nil mentioned that Queen of the South won at Dundee United. Special shout out to Fraser Wilson, who said last week on the show that he predicted that this is exactly what would happen. 2-1. He wins the prize. That's amazing. What a missed
1: opportunity for Dundee United Absolutely. Dom. Oh, they must be absolutely reeling at that. But
0: it's huge for Queens.
1: It is, but that's... Oh, I mean, for Ross County to drop points and Dundee United to then do the same, you've got to ask questions of Dundee
0: United, do they deserve to go up this season? But it wasn't the biggest shock of the weekend, like you say, Laura that was bottom of the championship, Alloa beating leaders Ross County 1-0 at Recreation Park. Jack Haw from the Alloa Advertiser was there and joins us now. Jack, let's call this as it was, part-timers beating what is essentially a premiership
4: team. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it it is incredible. As you say, when you look at the Ross County squad there, they have guys, Marcus Fraser, Michael Garding, who would get into most premiership teams, so for Alloa to beat them is... Yeah, it really was unexpected, and and given the, the run Aloha have been on, I think that makes it even even more unexpected. It's interesting, Aloha kind of get built as that they get built as a team that are tough to beat, and, and will sit back and and soak up pressure, and, and you know really just get wait wait to uh, be beaten. But well, that was definitely part of of Saturday's game, particularly in the second half. Ross County had a lot of pressure, but um, in the first half, Aloha had the better chances. You, you could you could argue uh, Jack Higson really should have scored. He was one on one with the goalkeeper. Uh, and at school was obviously absolutely absolutely excellent. He, he beat, you know, beat half the Ross County team to, to score. So parts of the game they were sitting back, they were you know taking a lot of pressure from Ross County. Neil Parry had to make a number of excellent saves. Andy Graham, who's been excellent all season, was was at his best. But they they, they offered a lot of themselves going forward, and they you, you could have argued they could have won by two or three goals. To be honest, had they lost that, I think that was not quite their stay in the championship over, but that was definitely going to be the, the first nail in the coffin.
1: You mentioned Zanata getting the goal, he's, he's he's 21, he's from Canada, I see you interviewed him a few weeks back, what, how did he end up in Clack Manager then?
4: Interesting how he ended up there, obviously Jim Goodwin has a very good relationships with a lot of the Premiership managers and, and a lot of this Alloa team is, throughout the season has relied on young talent, young talent from the Premiership, so obviously Zanata, as you mentioned, Jake Hastie was another one who's, as everyone knows, is... You know, tearing up trees in, in, in Motherwell at the moment so I think he was just one of many that, that came to the club as part of this building on the reputation Aloha have for building young players so you know some classic ones going back through the years Scott McKenna obviously he, he spent his time in Clackmanishire Scott Bain of course as well admittedly that wasn't alone but he did spend his time in uh, Clackmanishire so I think that purely comes from this reputation Aloha have and I, I think in many ways warranted and um, obviously you mentioned zanata wanting to play for Canada I Whilst he, he, he knows that's not maybe tomorrow, it's not going to happen anytime soon. It's something which, as a young, a young determined guy, he definitely has his sights set on. So he's he's one to watch and he has, as all young players have, he has had his, his spells this season where he's had spells where he's not scored goals. So that was his first goal of 2019. But then he's had excellent spells, so he scored three games in a row during December. So he's definitely been one of the standouts this season. But he's been, he's been one of many.
0: Jim Goodwin's been in charge for three years got them up into the championship he's an absolute legend there and how much more would he cement his status uh, with the club if he was to actually keep them in the championship
4: well I mean he would go down possibly as one of the greatest managers of um, recent history anyway just to kind of put it in perspective, I was speaking to Kevin Cawley, who's, who's um, he's played over 300 times for Allo, he's been there for seven seasons, and he he said, that despite having been part of teams which have stayed in the Championship, he, he himself said this would be the greatest achievement if they were to stay up. I think just purely based on the teams that they're playing and the, 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 you know, the players they're up against this time around. So, yeah, if they were to do this, to be the only part-time team, to be a team which is, is light on numbers, has a lot of young players, has a lot of, of you know older guys who have been around a lot of different clubs. This would be it, it would be huge, and yeah, they, they've had a lot of excellent managers during during the recent past. They, they've been extremely lucky. Jack Ross is obviously the, the obvious example who's gone on to bigger and better things. But I think for what Jim Goodwin's done with with limited resources and everyone expecting Alou Alo to lose this season to to lose most games this season because you know ostensibly most teams in that league see themselves as premiership teams, obviously. Ross County, we mentioned, but you know, Dundee United, arguably and Fairman Patrick Thistle, Falkirk, with the two main rivals in the, the relegation race. So, if they were to survive, which they, they have a great chance of doing and they've given themselves a great chance of doing, it would be, oh yeah, it would absolutely be up there in terms of achievements this season. And I think it would be very merited for Jim Goodman to get the praise he, he deserves.
0: Elsewhere in the Premiership. Friday night delight for Hibs. 2-1 winners at Livingston. And it's six unbeaten. as Hibernian manager for Paul Heckenbottom, who is continuing great stuff.
1: Just kind of keep them alive in this top six. Not just keep them alive, but make it look as though it's almost secured for them as well. Because there was a point where we were sitting here and I'm going, hey, I told you so, mother!" we're going for top six. It's all going to happen. And then going to Friday night's game, it's very much a case of wow, he's actually he's pulling them right through and it's a, almost a foregone conclusion now.
0: Yeah, he's got them playing some really nice stuff. Um Stevie Mallon scored the winner. Uh really nice footwork from him, actually. Really good finish in the end, but a really good move overall. Um would you give him a chance for Scotland, do you think, Laura?
1: I would actually I've always kind of been quite intrigued by Stevie Mallon. Way back even to St Mirandes, I think he's he's one of these creative, exciting, little sparky players that can really give you something and a goal as well, of course. Is
0: it more just like his set pieces, though?
2: Like how oh,
1: dull yeah. he is yeah.
0: in Scotland
1: squad? Uh, come on, he has done very well for himself.
2: Uh, but he d- he, his his that, major power you, is pinging it from 30 if yards. If you're
1: putting Mark McNulty into the Scotland squad, then Stevie <laughs> Mallion deserves a chance. But I
2: think there's That's better players shit, in actually. midfield that, than there are that up the front thing. options. That
1: is the other thing. His position would go against them just because who would you drop mm-hmm. to accommodate him? That is, I would totally take that argument.
2: I think he's a good Scottish Premiership midfielder, but I, I wouldn't have him near the international team. Do you know what was quite interesting about this game? Paul Hanlon uh, opened the
0: scoring for Hibs a year to the day, exactly, that he scored his last goal for Hibbs, <laughs> 31st of March. That's why he did good it. Good bookends. We should mention Craig Hulkett. He's off to hearts in the summer.
1: This is not good for Livy, though, as well, because you look at it, there's um, talk of Declan Gallagher as well, even at the end of the season. So yep. if that's there defensive partnership and you're breaking that up That's a lot of pressure to replace it, them in it the was summer it's
0: naturally going to happen to a club like Livingston who have done so well in the start of the season that bigger teams are just going to come and, and, and mop up their good players and it's how they respond to that in the summer
2: and it's a great move for Halkett as well moving to Hearts because at that point in his career it's a bigger team where he can he will still be developing as a centre-back mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about Motherwell uh, they've got slim hopes of a top six finish still
0: alive for them but for st johnston it's looking a bit grim now i think they have kind of out of any sort of momentum um and a good win for motherwell to be fair 3-0 at fur park
2: motherwell were decent here they're playing nice football st johnston seem to have lost a bit of their their snap tommy wright's crackling pup (laughs)
0: tommy wright was uh was pretty angry at full time that's because team lost 3-0 Well, yeah, of course, but I picked up on one thing that he said that too many players think that
2: they've arrived in football. So I think he's uh, he's ready to... uh, But this is... I think all managers say this because when you start bemoaning always the lack of drive and, and passion and stuff in your team... I don't think that inspires them. No, you can't. It's
1: kind of his fault as well. Yeah, He'd it's like to lower do that. league
2: football. It's it's constantly if you're constantly yeah. trying to get players just to turn up for the game. Like you're not always going to get that. You might get it with some momentum, but then you've got to manage that very carefully. Like so Johnson have players that should finish roundabout probably where they are. I mean, they didn't go to a great... St- you know, Liam Craig missed the, missed the penalty. Mm-hmm.
1: I thought, yeah, I mean, not the first ideal. half wasn't a great game to watch. St. Johnstone Chris kind of sat in. The second half, though, so Chris Cadden came back from injury, so that's a great one for Motherwell to have going into the last few games. Elliot Freer as well came on, and the two of them just changed in terms of... Motherwell just looked more attacking, more creative in general, mm-hmm. and I, it just helped them so much. And it, Freer's been... I, OK, I know he's had his own his knocks and stuff, and he's not had a consistent run in games for that sense, but even when he does he lacks consistency Uh so I think now with maybe a dropping off or Hasey not showing the same sort of um, composure, it's a chance for Freer to come in now and really cement his place in the team. And you can see, so he he scored, he made a, he made a massive change to the
0: second half. Yeah, he missed a glaring chance yeah, though as well, didn't as well. he? I actually really liked his movement when he came on. He was dragging the defenders. I think it was Foster. He was just drag- He seemed like Foster seemed like he was man marking um, Elliot Freer in this game. He just seemed to be pulling him from like right back to left back, left back to right back. <laughs> And that was just really odd because it's not like you'd pick out Elliot Freer to be like, oh, keep an eye on him because <laughs> he hardly ever plays.
2: Um, but yeah, really, really odd. Uh, I also noticed that the centre backs were running with the ball quite a lot in this game, which I think when you're playing against Team Johnson who sits deep and they're just waiting for you to come on to you because they want you to block you so the defenders pass and you they never get by once you start running out that works like Tate was pulling out to left like Chilly, Chilly done, Chilly D Chilly D <laughs> uh, especially I think it was uh, Frears first goal so Dunn, um he looks like he's going to pass out wide and he just nips in through the middle and that frees up a lane for him yeah. to pass fires the ball in it's a lovely little uh, cushion like heel flick thing and the finish is really good bottom corner but I think again this game showed why Xander Clark's maybe not just and uh, people were touting him for Scotland I don't think he's quite there but you saw like the third goal that went in and it, it's a very blatant mistake by him
1: yeah speaking of scotland i was going to say it's a nice timing of richard tate to knock one home after he's talks on friday to the press about wanting a call up it was a, a nice little reminder of hello i'm here remember he told us here first as well
2: he's only got andrew robertson and kieran tierney
0: to knock out the team yeah yeah <laughs> to the first place there's a full set of midweek premiership games on wednesday night let's have a quick look at them rangers v hearts when they last met at Ibrox, Rangers were 3-0 up
2: after half an hour.
0: Morelos is out for four games. Like Rangers are going to have to... F- I mean, they've got J- Jermaine Defoe, have they? If only they, they
2: had a £100,000-a-week striker on the <laughs> bench to come and replace him. Or Kyle Lafferty yeah. somewhere, sitting somewhere around But this
0: is why they got him, right? This is why they got him, because they knew Morelos isn't <laughs> going to be around windy. for long.
2: <laughs> I'm really uh, surprised, genuinely, that Defoe hasn't played more minutes than he has. I know Morelos is probably the best striker in the league, but you've got Defoe signed at quite some expense from, from Bournemouth there. This and is
1: what always happens when you get the big names coming up. They don't quite settle in the way you hope, and they sit on the bench a wee bit, and then they come on at the end, you're like, oh, I remember him.
2: Stephen Davis? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Odd <laughs> signings. I, I I just wonder whether they are still good enough for the, the league, or I don't know if it's even good enough. I think some players just don't suit Scottish football. It's weird.
0: Well, listen, Goldson and Worrell don't suit tough, good with their feet centre forwards so and Nick piazzo might rip them a new one um, if they give him a chance
2: yeah it, this I, I like the look of this game because I don't know what's going to happen
0: I kind of think Rangers will, will win this game quite comfortably they'll want to send a message to their fans and Gerrard likes to get his players pumped for these kind of games So, Mirren v Celtic in Kearney's first game in charge was this, um, this fixture but it was 0-0 back then very
2: impressive 0-0 they hung on at the end though it was it,
0: it was an impressive nil nil in the way
2: that for seventy minutes and then yeah, they were
0: hanging in. Yeah, yeah exactly. I listen. Celtic um, have had a have had a lot of trouble. They struggled against Dundee. They had to score a ninety six minute winner. Yeah,
3: when but they beat Dundee. The,
1: the countdown is now on though for Celtic to secure the title. Yeah. So they can win it mathematically now in the first game after the split. So they won't want to take any team now and. and and falter at any stage it's going to be a case of now we just go we get the points everything in the bag it's routine for them Do
0: you What's think it? Neil Lennon might might change it up a little bit as well for this game? No But they are without think, Boyata. they're going to be without yeah, just, Kieran Tierney yeah. I feel like, like as much know, this... as I'm
1: sitting here saying oh yeah the job's Lennon's I think he won't personally feel like that and he's still in the early stages where he won't want to start messing around with the system it's just going to be a case of put the best players out get the points get the job done title in the bag and he won't want to be gambling around or anything like that
0: well St. Marin would be desperate would probably take another 0-0 that's for sure Uh, St. Johnston v. Dundee one win in the last 10 premiership games for the Saints
2: Dundee have have all the motivation for this one because they've got it all to play for
1: but then they can't even get a point to save themselves right now I mean it's I got nothing each written
0: all over it yeah but Dundee you know they do play better away from home as well Dundee have to win this game I think they've got to win it
1: to take advantage of Celtic Supposedly beaten St. Mirren, this is the date they can turn it around. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. Um, Hibs v. Kilmarnock.
1: So, this is the one that Hibs could secure their top six status by taking points off Kilmarnock, but the European race as well is very much alive for them. So, I think this is probably one of the tastiest ones out with Rangers' Hearts. This is the one I think we'll all be looking at.
2: I think this is really interesting, specifically because of how Killy have had to try and adapt their game in a post. Greg Stewart and Eamon Brophy still out, right? He's yeah. injured, yeah, yeah, in that world. So, against um, the lovely Heckingbottom passing game, which has been good, <laughs> Killy will, you'd think, they'll make themselves really hard to beat rather than trying to take the game to Hibs, who will want to try and take the game to Killy. It could be 0-0. <laughs> it could be.
0: God, could you imagine if all these but games I do, were 0-0? I want Let's to, move on yeah. to Livingston v. Hamilton. 0-0. 0 nil for that one. Especially at the past three meetings. Um, there's only been
2: two goals. So, yeah.
1: 0-0. No, no. I'm going to say
0: 1-1.
2: One, one. Hamilton have it all played for, So they're the ones that should be super motivated. Yeah. But if their manager's come in saying they don't have no desire. I mean, I've s- we've seen it with the most famous example I can think of is when Jose and Reno's doing it with my new players. But they don't like it. I don't think many players respond to that. Nowadays. This It's this battle of the 3G pitches, isn't
0: it? Which will I rent tonight? Oh, yeah. And finally, Laura and JJ. It's Aberdeen v Motherwell. Could this be the end of Motherwell's top six dreams? Maybe even your friendship.
1: <laughs> no I think it, It's pretty much Out right with their hands Just now But mother we're doing well To just kind of Concentrate on their own Games yeah. and just go You well. get a
0: lot of stick From Aberdeen fans Don't oh, I you Laura Oh I do A you lot just let of them stick off Every week
2: <laughs> <And> <laughs> Specifically I Aberdeen players
0: I am particularly Looking forward to your um, Social media responses
2: While this game is uh,
0: this Happening This one's also
1: you interesting You said something bad About Graham Shinney Yes because he cost us goals In a European qualifier no, i
2: explained How that wasn't all his fault But But uh, <laughs> Motherwell here again because they're playing nice football away you know the way to beat Aberdeen is to let them have the ball and eventually just run through the middle of them because there's no midfield so it depends how Robinson sets up Motherwell whether he wants them to try and hit them on the counter and give Aberdeen the ball or whether he's going to keep playing the nice forward passing game and maybe be vulnerable
1: For Motherwell especially I mean players like Aribi and as I was mentioning earlier were great right after the break um, and they had a really good spell but then they came off quite early on the, week, the game of the weekend for Fourier and Cadden to come in who then changed the game so it's a question of do we stick with what has been good in the past or do we go with what won us the points on Saturday mm-hmm. um, and I think that decision might actually be what determines what happens in this game
2: There
0: should be a lot of young players in this game as well shouldn't there actually
2: Absolutely Yeah, um, yeah, loads of good young talent on there quite young teams of all the people who turn up for the game the most Unlikely would be Greg Stewart on current form, and it's funny how he's really just not at all the he's same just, He's just playing Greg Stewart of old. Old Aberdeen Greg Stewart. Maybe the new improved Greg Stewart, the Killy Greg Stewart, will turn up on Wednesday. Come on, Killy Greg Stewart, show yourself. <laughs> That's it from
0: us. We'll be back next Monday after the Edinburgh Derby.
4: You've been listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddyneedsmedia.com and be sure to check out our other football shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify,
6: Audioboom and everywhere else you get your audio on demand.